Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Hello. Story Studio Hello. podcast. Uh, are you guys going to make you think of Don when I do that? Hello. Oh, yes. Or or the <laughs> belly button from Seinfeld. Are you? Hello. That's more of that. Um, is it weird to know that we're being watched live again? I mean, usually that's true of Dave all the time, like 24 seven. Dave, Dave, do you ever feel not watched? Where's my tinfoil hat? <laughs> yeah, I think he's all about the, um, the podcast because you just, you know where to focus. You're all of your, most of your spies are coming from directly in front of you. So much better than the ones well, you don't know I, about. I, I like the podcast because especially this one over the, the one we rarely do anymore because you guys, you know, require most of the cameras usually on you guys. And while you're doing that, I'm free to masturbate as I want. Well, I think oh. that we should go ahead and mention the new plan for Worshowever, right? So that's officially done, <laughs> officially over. But we did no, decide. We did. No, de- no, no hold on, hold on. Officially, officially. This topic. Right. Officially. And he did get masturbation in the first few moments of the quote serious podcast. So the lines really are blurring. The dream is, the dream is collapsing. Um, but, where we did decide that much like you, you remember that episode of the office where um, Michael Scott dis- decided to declare to declare bankruptcy and he walked in and he said, I declare <laughs> bankruptcy. So it's like much in that same vein. We imagine Dave can kind of just declare worst show ever. Like I've had a really crazy experience with a, a, a bagger at Publix. Uh, I need a worship. Like, you know, in all of like, I think you've probably read the story in maybe six or seven different uh, um like business books. Yes. But you know how like the Toyota assembly line, any person at any right. time can stop the assembly line. Right. Well, it's like if, if David any time can just stop the podcast. And, and once we're in, really. Stop it now. <laughs> no, no, no. He can't start the podcast. He can stop the machine. So imagine like we're, we're to, we're advanced enough that we've got systems. We've got a year of like in advance. We aren't rushing on anything. We aren't tight on anything. Then it can be like middle of like, Maker time, like Dave just gets to be like, okay, everybody stop what they're doing right now and get on the podcast. I need to bitch. <laughs> would you like that that kind of power, Dave? I would have called one this morning. Ooh, <laughs> I need a quick version of that story. Oh yeah, this is your something cool. What's you your something go. cool? Family no, Discord. No, I'm family saving, Discord. Is- <laughs> I'm saving that for worst show ever. Oh, you're so gonna forget we need- it. We aren't doing one today, no, and you're gonna have it written down. <laughs> no, all right. Oh, oh! If, if Dave's starting the Black Diary again, <laughs> can you imagine a show called the Black Diary, and it's just like Dave's to do list? Maybe? Well, there is a blacklist. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, but yours is a lot more personal than the that. Very dark list. Do you and, think and that most Dave- of your episodes would take place at Target? Do you think that Dave calls all the mirrors in his house Black Mirror? <laughs> <laughs> So in the morning they're covered. What do you want? So you don't have a something cool then, Dave? Oh yeah, I do. Of course. All right, let's hear it. Uh, I I it, I'm kind of torn, and I can't remember if I mentioned this. Well, I thought maybe that was the cool thing. Like you had a fissure. I'm torn. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like I thought it was another poop thing. Yeah. What? <laughs> Welcome no. to all our new subscribers. Uh. Anyway. Um. I think I might have mentioned when I started watching it, the show Black Summer on Netflix. Yes. Uh, they're, they're a zombie show. Well, I, I finished watching it, and I'm very torn on it. On one hand, I absolutely loved the pace. It it was nonstop from the very get-go. There were no... Uh, there were no 
season or, or there's no episode long uh, monologues where somebody's like whining and worrying about stuff like happens on some of the other shows. <laughs> and I do like those slower episodes on the other shows, but this one doesn't have that sort of uh, slowdown. In fact, there's no character development at all. You join. <laughs> <laughs> there really is. There, but they're subtle. You could tell they know what's So was it like Hardcore Harry? Almost. Was that the guy except, from Gleaming the Cube? Except you don't vomit uh, while you're watching. No, Hardcore Harry was this really, like, crap. I, ex- okay. I was thinking of Harry Hardon. It's an honest mistake. <laughs> Hardcore a, Harry was, like, uh, supposed to be, like, a first person. It was a first person. Oh, I've actually seen, like, yeah, I've seen, I've seen yeah, some yeah. of that. And I actually like that. I, it's a it's a bold concept, but that's kind of hard to sustain for two hours. And you know, that's what I, I thought yeah, when I saw the trailer. Well, th- this uh, you could tell that they do have uh, the characters are developed, but they don't they don't share it with the audience necessarily. And and oh, I kind of oh, like <laughs> I kind of like that because you are like you are like dropped in like what would you be trying to figure out if you were with these people? It, it's, well, character development is super easy, barely any inconvenience. It, it, it's 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 but 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 there are subtle Thank things. You, and the act the acting is good. Uh, I thought anyway. Um, but it's just it's hardcore. They kill off people you think are going to be main characters get killed off frequently. But you don't have the burden of caring about them so much. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah, you're speaking. No language. stakes. No. I really do like it's important to me to not care about the things that I watch. <laughs> They're all gonna die, but don't worry about it. Just sit back no, and chill because no, you I, don't I, know I'm them. Really my criteria. I, I'm being a bit smartass. I actually did. Uh, you know, I, I did care for some of the deaths. Um, Okay, I got a question. Maybe they're taking it a little bit too... Like, they're not taking it far enough. Maybe you should care so little that you actually laugh when they die. You're rooting then, for them. Right. Then you, then it turns into almost like slapstick. Yeah, I hate that shit. Uh, in, in, in the uh, the people that made this show made uh, something called Z Nation, which I feel might be more in that camp. It, it was a little campy. Uh, what I saw of it, and I, I didn't want to watch it at all. Um, I might give it a chance. I don't know. But this one I thought was really well done for what it was. The it, The only problem was there was only eight episodes and they get shorter as they go. And the last two episodes were like 25 minutes and 21 minutes or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? How do you do a season for nine? Don't know. I know you're, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but for TV, how do you do a season finale where the last episode is like, what the fuck? You're left with very, very blue balls. My balls were so blue. They were like penguins. That's a very good question. Like there are a couple of Smurfs down there. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, that is a very good question. Why do you think that they did that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> to leave you wanting more? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> So, okay, so in in short, what you love about this show is that they made you care exactly the right amount about the people. Not too much. Not I want to know more. I definitely, the one thing, the one thing I will say that they, like, I hate when a mystery's over. There's still so much mystery because you don't know anything. <laughs> it sounds like this is a so, massive reframe. You don't know. It's like in, Sean, remember when we wrote Weeds and he said it's this high so pure you won't even know you're high? 
Yes. I, I'm kind of torn on whether... So is it possible that there's zero mystery and that's why it seems well, so mysterious? I, I'm wondering <laughs> if they're, they're so good that they're letting your mind do the work, which I think the best shows and books do. Like they involve you and they work against your expect. They do work against your expectations a few times. And I do like that. So they're obviously, they know what they're doing. Um, but there's a part of me that wonders like, well, maybe they're just making shit up as they go along and not in a good way, like lost. Yeah. I'm not sure. But I don't I know. I agree with that, but I, I think I'm you all should that. watch it. Um, all right. I it's can not that big of a commitment. It's really short. You know, what's really amazing, uh, as a movie. Oh, 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 in, in the last thing before, before we change the zombies in it are super fast. And there's like a, a heavy set dude that's running a lot. And every time he's running, I'm like, he's going to die. <laughs> So, but not so that so was far. very intense for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> but not so far. He's still alive. I, I well, I won't say how it ends, but uh, he makes it quite far. I won't say how. Man, when I saw this, reminds me of when I saw Ernest goes to camp because I was like, <laughs> it's so they, they they're so masterfully made it look like a terrible movie that all the yeah. great stuff is just like under the surface, hidden. You have to <laughs> the, the, intuit it. There, there's a lot of, uh, of philosophical questions that movie asks you, and you may not like. Be what are you looking at, Vern, or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, you guys have anything cool? <laughs> I, I definitely have something cool. So uh, Johnny and I just took a, a two day trip, and um, I always use trips. Away it was from so romantic. Home. It was. It, it really was. It's good um, to get away from the kids. We, we had an Airbnb, but there was no blood in it, unfortunately. You Dave, you would have been enough. disappointed. It no, but we did We did blood. enjoy thinking about Dave when we were going into it, though. Like, there were many Dave-worthy notices. Have you guys ever I, I shared, like, an actual, like, one room, like a hotel room together? Oh, yes. yeah. I mean, there have to be two beds, but all the time. Like, uh, that was that's constant. Next- <laughs> <laughs> yes, always two beds. But, yeah, a few well, times. I can't sleep with somebody else in the room. Like, I'm, I am more comfortable. I am more no, comfortable having right. my own space, but, but yeah, I mean, it just makes a lot more sense. What's your something cool though, Sean? Yeah, we're, we're bootstrapping, dude. You share rooms when you're bootstrapping. Um, so my something cool is we, we, we had this little trip and, um, and, uh, every time I'm away from home, I travel like it's, it's an opportunity to watch things I wouldn't watch with Cindy because, you know, like a donkey show and so TV. much porn. Yes, it's it's a donkey show in Tijuana. So in this case, it was um, the show Mindhunter, which I wanted to watch for a while. And oh, do you see how Dave sat forward? What did you say on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, love that show. Okay, I I just I just started watching it, Um, but I actually so yesterday um, I barely wrote, uh, and I uh, I had the house to myself, and I watched three episodes. (laughs) of Mindhunter and I watched four while on the trip um, on the plane and stuff so uh, I, I really really like it so for those of you who haven't seen Mindhunter or don't know what it is it's David Fincher's second show um, after House of Cards on Netflix and it's like uh, what I would compare it to this is a weird comparison but it, I think it's really apt is the show uh, Masters of Sex on Showtime but with serial killing um, <laughs> and done by David Fincher and, and um, it's based on a guy named John Douglas who started up the uh, behavioral crime uh, unit in-, in the FBI. Yeah, it takes place in 1977, right after uh, Son of Sam is caught. And it's know, a heavily fictionalized version of like his experience starting everything up. 
So yeah, it and it's me like it more. I didn't want like a true crime thing. Yeah, it's really interesting, and the language on it is awesome. And it's not super violent visually, but um, the language is really traumatic. Like it's you, you it basically it's set at a time where the word serial killer didn't exist. Um, these are the people who came up with that terminology, and they had to really go against the grain of the FBI because at that time the FBI is like you don't go in there and commiserate with killers. That's stupid. <laughs> like, why are you giving them attention? But it's not about the attention. It's about understanding the way their, their brains work. And it's just really fascinating. And for, um, it just does everything great. The direction's great. The acting's great. The, uh, the psychology is just phenomenal. Um, but it is psychologically violent. So uh, know that going in. It's why I didn't watch it with Cindy. Oh, she would have loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely her kind of stuff. Right before bed is her favorite time to watch that stuff too. <laughs> and I like their patience in storytelling. They're like little seeds that they drop very early on in the series that I think they're building up towards something really cool. And I hope they fictionalize it even more as it goes. There is going to be a season two? Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Great. I didn't know if they were like just telling a story and it gets told. That's awesome. I'd love to watch more of that. So more trips next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sean's plan. Um. Mine is um, also a show that um, I think it's I think it was. Yeah, it's on Netflix uh, called I'm Sorry. And I, I turned Sean on to it. That's and my autobiography title. What are you talking about? Wait, didn't, didn't we do this for something? Cool? No, we like didn't because I've had a note for a while and, and I introduced you to it. And then I made a note and then I was like, watch that son of a bitch steal it and talk. about. Oh, it. yeah. I would have. It's so good. It's really good. It's um, Andrea Savage, who I just really, really like. There's only one uh, season on Netflix, but I know that there's another. And it's just um, it's just wonderful. It's obviously a it's a half hour comedy. And she just gets herself into all sorts of awkward situations um, that are just really uh, smart. And do you, like, want, do you want to give like a sample? Yeah. So the, in the in the pilot. Um, she discovers that one of her daughter's friends, like one of the school moms, um, used to be like an, uh, a porn star who has like all sorts of anal sex records and um, many awkward situations ensue. <laughs> wow, Dave's face. <laughs> Dave's face already. Well, Dave's not exactly a sitcom sort of guy. She, she's, um, well, he might like this. I, the show is very much curb your enthusiasm. Um, but with a female lead who is so much more likable than Larry. Yeah, David. and and that's and that's that's a quantum difference. Larry David's perfectly. That's likable. a quantum difference for me because I did not like Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I like yeah, this a lot. What? The writing on Curb Your Enthusiasm is great, but I don't like spending time with someone I don't like, and I really I love Larry. Of course you do. <laughs> you you're the only one who's like looking at that show, thinking they just don't understand him. <laughs> I think they're so, watching me. That show. Right. <laughs> so then, no. But but this show, like, she's a she's a comedy writer. I just relate with her so much more than I do, Larry. Like, I love. Don't you love her part? Her um, relationship with her writing partner. Yes. Yes. Totally. See, I, I identify with her. She has a she's a she's a comedy writer, so she has no filter. But she also can't really. She's afraid of like giving her last using like the the social network for the neighborhood using her name instead of her husband's name because they people can Google her because it's all really inappropriate. She's like, what if the people at school like Google me on a podcast and find me talking about something stupid, or and right, she doesn't so know where to draw. Relatable. <laughs> she doesn't know where to draw the line. So like all the mothers Ever. will be um 
will be discussed. This, this is my favorite. Right. So we're the, all the mothers will be like making little jokes and they'll make things. It's just a little out of line and everybody laughs. And um, at the end of this scene, the the somebody wheels over a little, um, a little, a little, or no, I think she, they're showing pictures and there's this little baby boy and she's no, like, oh, it, it, it's, it's in strollers. There's, there's two, two, two the and they're in strollers. She goes, oh, he's going to be a lady killer. Like, look at him, look at him. All the little girls behind him. He's a lady killer. And then, and then Andrea looks at the girl and she goes, she, or she's talking about this other and she goes, um, yeah, she's going to be a little cock tease. And they, they all get offended. They're like, what? You just said, you just said he's a lady killer. I can't say she's going to be a cock tease. So anyway, so I recommend that. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. So we were going to talk today. Um, I'm trying, we, we batted the idea back and forth a few times. We were so. going to talk, but we're not going to do it now. The show's <laughs> over. We're out of time. Dave wants to vent about something. Is it the public sky? <laughs> I think so. Um, I haven't consulted his list yet. I, I think it's really how the, evo- the evolution of, of like our, our, our evolution over the past few years, things we, that we've learned. And this is our way of, bringing together a few different lessons. Cause I know that Sean has one. Um, he just celebrated an anniversary that he'll talk about, but there's some of the stuff that I've, I've been writing by myself for the past. Well, I guess just the current book, but the next one will be by myself too. And that's very, very different. Like in a, um, like a paradigm way. It's not just a matter of mechanically different. Like I need to approach the project differently. I need to write differently. So, um, these are all interesting things that things that I thought were interesting. And so we're going to talk about, I think the better you know yourself as a writer, the better writer you are, is I think sort of the thesis here. Would you yeah, agree? And I think, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that we're also really lucky because we work collaboratively, not just with the, the three of us, but we're up to 20 now. And uh, so there's a lot of opportunity to work with other people and to see how other people perceive you. And so, again, Johnny and I were um, on a trip this last week. And we went to, um, we were working with um, my former partner, Lori, for any of those. Anyone who's been listening to this for a while probably has heard the name Lori. Um, and so we're, we went there and it was a really interesting trip because um, I think Lori and Johnny have met each other a few times now. And Dave met her the very first time that Dave and I actually ever met in person um, was in Cincinnati when we were working with Lori eight, nine years ago. I mean, it's so long ago now. <laughs> but this was in, like an audition for me. She knew me in very yeah. small snippets. Yeah, she knew she knew Johnny in really small snippets. And in a way, Johnny's also the person who, um, who not that this is an accurate uh, you know, view at all, but in her vulnerable heart, <laughs> I, Johnny's the person who took her away from me, right? On our very last Yeah, dinner. just like I took you away from Dave. but you know like on our very last dinner together in cincinnati she was very very sad and i I gave her a copy of unicorn mustard which johnny and i had just finished and it was in print and you know so we're did she get to the wedding scene she 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 read she read the whole thing she read the whole thing and she she specifically did a conversational aside specifically to me to talk about how she really appreciated that book and the concepts in it and what, what did she describe? Because I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the ball. She got all, yeah, she got all the big ideas in it, which is like Lori. And yes, Unicorn Western does have big ideas. If you're rolling. It it actually, it actually does. (laughs) It's, it's a very Roman Sands book. Although I did not know what that, I had, I didn't know idea that that meant anything back then, but it is very much a mine and Johnny story. And you can't really see that. And she did read it right away. Like she read it immediately. Wants to know, what I'm doing and 
Anyway, the point is there's a lot of closure for the trip because, um, you know, Johnny's heard all the Lori stories from me, from Dave, um, just from our, our history together. But I think it was probably, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny, but I think it was probably interesting to see um, us together in that space and, you know, um, in full context. You mean and you and Lori? Me and Lori. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, like it was, it was kind of coming home. I got closure because I, I, you know, I left there and Lori is the person who kind of taught me a lot of what I know, even if she didn't teach me directly, she was the one who paid for my experience and, you know, put me in masterminds and just, she cared so much about nurturing my brain. <laughs> and so, um, it, it, she's the one who really made me aware, I think in a lot of ways of, my incremental growth and how um, important it is to be mindful and, and pay attention to my growth and how I'm trying to help grow the people around me. And so Johnny and I had a few conversations about that. And I think for our company, it's been a tremendous year of growth. I mean, just in the most marvelous, miraculous ways. And I think as you know, the principals in the company, the three of us have had to grow a lot as we're transitioning and we're kind of in the sunset of, of like this, first beautiful phase and going into some other areas. And I think that we've all grown a lot this year. And I think we've all um, been aware of how each other have grown. So I, I think it'd be really cool <laughs> if we went individually and said, like, what is an area that we know that we've grown? We've identified that area for ourselves in the last year and, you know, how it makes a difference. And then we can all talk about growth that we've seen in our colleagues and each other. And then we could talk about, um, you know, if there's time. Because <laughs> that might already be it, uh, but you know where we see where we see our skill sets and our growth like a year from now. What are we projecting? Because that's important too. A lot of times we just let life happen to us, and if we're not our own director and we're not really deciding what we want to do and what's important to us to get there, then it's like life happens by accident. And I think that and you know, someone else will decide. Someone else will decide. Like that's a true. That's that's a true statement. So um, I think it's good to kind of put that out there. And that's where this all started. So I, I guess I, I will start because that is where it started. Yeah, just, just so you know, I, I, I reject the rigidity of your framing. I will cover all those things, but you'll have to analyze it after that. Oh, there's where Johnny talked oh, about yeah, evolution that, and stuff. That, that sounds totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I like conversational better anyway, you know that. So um, yeah, so this started because uh, right now it's May, what is it, May 4th, May 3rd, something like that, May 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, I started last May 1st, I started writing, um, every day, uh, for the first time in a couple of years. And, um, so I, I just hit my 365 day streak a couple of days ago while we were out of town, actually. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. And in that time I've written 1.34 million words, um, which is a record for a year by far for me. And that was in, in addition to, you know, running a lot of the company and organizing a lot of other people and helping a lot of other, you know, product get created and um, ready for market this year. And so that, that did take a lot of uh, diligence. It did take a lot of me learning about myself. And so um, that's, that's a kind of a good place to start, I think. The best thing that I was able to do in the last year is build that muscle and build that consistency. Um, and it was really hard because... Uh, it was like dictation was another one. And the only reason I was able to do dictation was because I'd already built the daily muscle for regular writing. And um, I, I think that for me, I know, like I kind of figured this out before, but this year really tested it. 
I know that I'm always going to be more consistent if I write every single day, even if it's just a little bit, even if all I can get is 30 minutes. I've seen all the math. I've graphed it out a bunch of times. I can write 10,000 words a day, um, but it burns me out. I can't sustain it. And so, you know, even though I can have maybe three amazing days in a row and just crank the copy, uh, <clears throat> I can't do that for long. But if I just promise myself a thousand words a day, which is the only promise I made to myself a year ago was a thousand words a day. So at the very least, I would have 365,000. But, you know, I did substantially more than that because, of course, I'm going to hit my thousand, but a lot of days I hit five. Some days I hit two, but whatever. It's every single day. And I know that that's the best way for me to not only keep the habit, but to get really like much better at it. So now I'm not only hitting those same numbers in less time, I'm actually writing much more competently. So my first drafts are like, okay, that's much better than what my first drafts used to be. Um, so anyway, that's my, my biggest area of growth, I think, this year. Yeah, I think that that's um, really a know thyself thing, which is something that we've, we've mentioned a lot. Um, I, I, I am curious if that would, um, if that would work for me. And the answer is probably yes, but I don't know if it would, because I don't know if it would be worth it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. You would, there'd be too much. Yes, it would work, but then you'd also hate, right. Sometimes, which I have too, but, um, you know, like yesterday I had to hate, right. <laughs> I got my, I got my thousand in and it was a little bit begrudging. And then I went and watched Mindhunter, which is what I really wanted to do. Cause I traveled for all weekend. Like that's what I wanted to do. So it, it isn't always easy, but I, I talked a little bit about this at the summit um, because Eileen was saying that, oh, you know, is that a little compulsive? And I'm just not a compulsive person at all. Um, so it's, it's not like, that's really not the reason. I think it's, it's a just, little compulsive, but not in a bad way. It, well, it's, it's compulsive with, um, like permission. It's like, okay, you, you really want to be on this because it's, it's knowing that I made a promise to myself unless I have a real reason. Now, if I like, um, you know, was really, really sick, I would not force my words out at all. I'd be like, okay, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to write today. There's, but so far in, a, in the last year, there's never been a day <clears throat> where I actually couldn't write, right? I've been alert. I've never been too sick. There's been days when I didn't feel like it, but that's a different thing. If I know I can do it, I should do it. Well, the deceptively simple way to look at that in terms of a lot of things with slippery definitions is what works. So um, this is kind of a minor thing, but um, I, I recently read a uh, book uh, by Dan Harris called 10% Happier, which I th actually think I've mentioned. And I don't know if you, either of you, Dave, I think you said you listened to the podcast or something. Mm -hmm. If you've ever heard him, he said um, a lesson that he learned in one of like ashrams or weekend retreats or something was a guy just kind of stopped him with an idea of, well, does that work? And I don't remember the context, but it was like, um, he was worried, for instance, about whether being Zen would make him lose his edge or something like that. And during one of these crises, the, some Zen monk or something was like, well, facility is the best judge. You know, does it, does it work? And I think that's what all of this is, is you kind of have to ask yourself literally what works. So, for instance, when you talk about compulsion, it would be easy to say, well, that's, that's a compulsive thing. But like, Think about what other things we have have dual meanings. You know, you, it's it's bad to be addicted to something, but then if somebody is like addicted to 
being healthy or addicted to their family. Like nobody says, oh, well, you shouldn't do that. It's just a choice I of do. words, <laughs> right? Like that's just a problem. And I think that it's the same with compulsion. Well, it's only compulsion if it's, if well, it's okay. Here, so here's, here's an example too. And, and I don't think that that's my, my big significant accomplishment for the last year, but like in, in knowing it's a yourself, hack. Yeah. Right. It, it is a hack. And I think that the thing for me, it's not just, it, it's a priority. So a lot of times in the past, before I actually really cracked this nut and realized I just got to do it every day, now I understand I can add more things. Now, I can't try to develop three new habits at once. I always fail. I've never managed to do that. I need to build one habit that becomes something that I just do without thinking about. And then I can add another one. Anytime I'm like, I could do four things because it's January 1st. You know, by February 8th, they all suck. So like one at a time really does matter. And with like tightening this in, what it really did for me was more than build the habit, it made me more aware of the way that I spend my time. So it's pretty easy to get lost in acidic activities. You know, for a lot of people that's social media, for me, it might be, you know, like, uh, you know, watching YouTube videos, which, I, you know, I could get lost in that. Um, but if I have to get my work done, you know, if I haven't turned my words in, I'm just less likely to like fuck myself. It, it makes that. it a pattern break too. I think that's important because you can say, yes. okay, I've been watching YouTube videos for four hours. I'm going to take 45 minutes to write these words and then I'm going to come right back, motherfucker, like with a vengeance. I'm going to come right back yes, and watch more YouTube videos. You're and you're like, it breaks oh, your pattern. <clears throat> do I really want to go back to the destructive aesthetic thing I well, was even doing? Even if you don't want to keep rolling with the writing, do you, yeah, exactly. Do you want to go back to the bad thing or do you then shift to something that's less? Did, yeah, that's, that's did exactly you, right. Did either of you read or listen to James Clear, uh, Atomic Habits? I didn't listen to that, but I do like James Clear. Yeah, we um, like James. I've now listened to it twice. I also have the book. Um, I like it a lot. And one of the things he talks about is like early on when you're setting up your habits um, to start very small. Uh, and, and I don't remember the exact story, but like somebody that needed to go to the gym or something to work out, he said, okay, just go to the gym for like a minute. Go to, you can't stay. Uh, like four minutes or whatever. I don't remember what it was. Uh, just go, but you can't stay. But just do that for like a period of time. And the, the guy did it for a period of time. And then she's like, well, while I'm here, I may as well work out. Basically, just show up to do the... Put a small time limit on it first or, or a small word count. Uh, just expect yourself to do something very small to start off with, but consistently. And eventually, you will expand that. And and I find I that... Love yeah, no, I, I love that. And I also love that that um, I can tell Dave that for 10 years and yeah. then James Clear says it and he's like, boom, atomic uh, habits. Well, to, to be fair, you inspired a lot of my changes. Um, but it's it's like the right mindset to hear something. You can hear it, but you don't really. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally, totally know, dude. I'm just kidding. And, and if it weren't for you pushing me in the way that you have and uh, – you know, especially like last year and that whole conversation we had, uh, I wouldn't be receptive to a lot of the ideas that I'm now, you know, seeking out and doing. And, and that is one of the things I do. I, I, I walk almost every day. I haven't done it every day yet uh, because something comes up. And on those days, I don't walk and, and I don't force myself to walk. Like I, I in the beginning, I did. It's like I got to walk at least an hour a day or fuck it. But then I found like there were a lot of days I couldn't get an hour in and, and I wouldn't even bother. So now I'm just, okay, 20 minutes 
minimum a day. And I do that now consistently. The days I don't do it for whatever reason, I feel like shit. So, yeah. oh, I'm I'm glad you're noticing that too. <clears throat> so, Bonnie, I, I I talked to Bonnie yesterday, and she really wants to start building her writing habit more. And it's the same thing. Bonnie's really really giving, so she'll always put other people's work before her own. And you know, so we were on the phone because I was trying to get her to knock that shit off, <laughs> and you know treat herself better and make sure that she's writing if she wants to write. And so, um, uh, <clears throat> she like, that's, is the same thing all. Cause I, I do believe in streaks and I think it will work for Bonnie. And so, uh, it, but if, if it was, we have to get a thousand words down, that's just like, she's going to break that. So she's starting with a hundred words, like do a hundred words for 30 days and make it 200 and 300 until it's just really, really, really easy. I imagine I'm going to get more words this year than I did last year because you know, when I'm not traveling, when I don't have a lot of weird things on my plate and a lot of pattern interruptions, getting my words these days is easy. Like it's, it's straightforward. It's when I break flow that, it, that it's not. And this is a good time actually to turn and, and because I, I love that, Dave. I love all of that. And to say where you've grown this year from my perspective, what I see is that you're, you're working as hard as you ever have, but you're working smarter than you ever had. And you're not taking the setbacks as uh, um, signs of defeat. You're acknowledging them as part of the process. And I've never really seen you do that before. Uh, in our history together, when things didn't work out, you took it personally or you thought you weren't smart enough or working hard enough or creative enough or people didn't like your work or like whatever it was. And that's just never it. Like this is all very fluid. And storytelling is an art and selling our stories is a kind of art, kind of science. and you know, we're in a laboratory where the variables are constantly being changed. And so you can't personalize that. And I think for the first time, you've really understood that. And it also seems to me that you've really taken a lot of ownership in your, um, you know, your part in that. And where, you know, we made plans and we didn't follow through on those plans. And so you can't expect to not start over. And I think this year you realized, oh, so it's not like we're starting from six years of progress, we're actually starting at zero because that's what happens when the rest of the industry <laughs> pushes themselves while we stagnate. And so acknowledging that allowed us to really build for, um, I mean, right now, basically our next big release is the thing you were working on last year that you were really, really proud of. And then we're just every month for like, boom, the foreseeable future. And we couldn't have got there without a lot of self-awareness on your part. and and acknowledging that this is all just work and you got to show up every day and do the work. And I, I love, love seeing that from you. It's, it's, it's changed our working relationship in the best possible way. Uh, Dave, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the, the, the thing I noticed from, from Sean, I mean, he, he's always, you know, been consistent and hardworking and all of that stuff and conscientious, but, but I noticed, um, like in, in the most recent thing I, I read from you and handed back to you, uh, like I enjoyed reading that more than anything I've enjoyed reading in a while, including stuff from other people. And <laughs> that it, it, it's uh, your uh, prowess as a storyteller is really awesome. And it's gotten way better. Uh, the end needed some work and we got to work on that. Yeah, you're like Stephen King with the end there. but. <laughs> Well, you know what? That, that's actually, 
I mean, fair, but that particular project, because it had to fit. First of all, I wrote it a year ago. Like that was the second thing I wrote a year okay, ago. Okay, well, then scratch everything I said. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, well, no, I've actually loved that because the last several things, you've had really positive reactions to the last yeah. several drafts you've gotten. And that's been, that's been really fun. That's what you want on the other side of a collaboration is excitement. And I've seen more excitement for a story from you this year than I have in a long time. And that's been really refreshing too. Um, but yeah, that, that particular story was hard because I got it all the way to the end, but the end, it had to tie into the larger world all of a sudden. And um, that larger world wasn't being formed yet. It was kind of on hiatus, but I was waiting for drafts and I had to write something. So I'd be like, I'll take that. And then you were asking me questions about the end. And I'm like, dude, I wrote that a year ago. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I don't know. So I haven't even looked at your edits yet. I'll, I'll get to them. But, but yeah, I love hearing that. Thank you. But I, I am looking forward to writing in, in that world uh, a lot um, more than anything else that uh, we've done collaboratively. So Yeah, it's, it, you, and your, your sensibilities are kind of perfect for it, too. Um, it's been interesting. Well, uh, sorry. Um, it's been <laughs> well because I was noticing the comments and I was thinking how everybody's like kind of asleep today. I think that'll build back up, but I was the energy was different. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm right now I'm writing on my own and I've written everything with Sean since. I mean, I did write in between. There were a few things here and there, but they were anomalous. And because they were anomalous, because they were like the exception rather than the rule, then I had to. I was trying to use my existing skill set for writing and trying to adapt it to, well, it's like this, but without Sean or something like that. Or it's like what I normally do, only I need to write the outline. And what I'm starting to realize more and more is that it is a fundamentally different kind of writing. And this is informing, like it makes me aware on a meta level of the stuff that I've been taking for granted, even when I am working in a collaboration, if that makes any sense. So I think there's one thing to use your muscles and your skills on autopilot and then it's another thing to kind of be aware of them to be like above and see okay well that day wasn't as good here's maybe why or that day was really good and here's why and here's the habits that work and here's the habits that don't and as i'm writing on my own um i think that i'm much much more of a pantser like i i originally thought i'm a pantser and then I started writing, like you, you can see this, I think it's in Write, Publish, Repeat, I think it's in probably some of the other stuff that we talked about around the podcast. And I said, oh, well, I'm not actually a pantser, I'm like a plotzer, I'm like in the middle. Like I want to take, I want to take the plot and I want to fill in the blanks and I want to see where the story goes. A little bit Yiddish. A little bit. Um, but I, 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 th I actually don't think that's true. I actually think that I am like that when I'm in a collaborative relationship, but I think I have to pants when I'm writing on my own. Like I'm realizing that more and more and more. We did this thing. I think we actually talked about the idea of writing to the midpoint. Or I'm sorry, outlining to the midpoint before beginning writing. And so I was like, that's the solution. That's the problem right there. I can just write to the... But no, it really is very close to pure pantsing. And um, that means a few things. It means that I'm going to hit spots where I have to just kind of stop and think. So this morning, um, I reached another one of those things where I'm like, and it, usually the ha usually the pattern is something like this. Really good scene. Oh, this is going good. I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. This is going really well. And then you just, you hit a wall. The, the, the chapter ends and then I go, oh yeah, that's kind of as far as I had some idea. And so I would kind of just sit there and I, I would tend to get frustrated. And then I would start to notice um, word counts. And this is why I think something like streaks or tracking words could actually be dangerous for me. 
that seems that starts to look like the whole worth of how many how many words there are because when I'm only writing a draft on an outline somebody's given me, then that's pretty pure. Like my job is to produce words, but when I'm writing on my own, some of it doesn't show up in words. So this morning I um, wrote and I thought and I was like, oh, I can't figure it out. I got a, out of a thousand hate words basically, <laughs> and enough to like hit the streak if I'd have been doing it. And then it was early. It was only like nine o'clock, but I was like, I was like, I got to go for a run. Like I just, I have to, I don't, I don't even understand this. And it's not, there's a difference between I got to go for a run because I'm procrastinating or avoiding, but I only let myself do it if I didn't let my mind wander, if I didn't wear headphones, if I kept my mind on the story, but not even in an unforgiving analytical way, which is the way I would typically do it, which looks something like this okay, he's in a room. How's he going to get out of the room? It has to be much more free form of like, what are the big pictures? I actually started with theme, which I don't normally do. But I know that in On Writing, Stephen King tells the story of getting like, what, three quarters of the way into the stand or something, feeling like he had a mess of like loose wires and then being like, oh my God, what do I do? But sometimes you just pull back and go, what is this story really about? And once I did that, I was like, oh, okay, that helps me to reframe it. That helps me to go with the flow more. There's things I'm building into the draft where I'm like, I don't know how I can describe this without somebody reading it, but it's almost like it's more of a free flowing process that doesn't adhere as much to like plot standards. And then I'll go back on the revision and try to tweak it and make it make all make sense. But it just, the, the bottom line is that it's fundamentally different and I hadn't allowed for that before. And do you feel like working alone makes you better when you collaborate and collaborating makes you better alone as long as you're paying attention to the differences? Probably, but I think that what I'm really becoming aware of is that they're different animals. So um, I think that I just sort of thought that a plat and truant book was the same as a truant book, but with plat added, which would make sense on paper, but it's actually not. It's, it's, it's a different, it's as if I collaborated with a totally different person. It's a different animal. And as a real simple example, there was this discussion in our company Slack just a few days ago, maybe it was last week, about sentence length and complexity. It started with a discussion of semicolons of all things. Do you remember that discussion, you guys? Yeah. yeah. So, and I was like, well, I, I don't know. I like the flow of, um, I use a lot of semicolons. I use a lot of um, uh, strings of commas and dashes. I like long sentences because unless something is happening very rapid fire, um, there are, well, not in all scenes or anything, but I, I do like when something is happening and it, it feels like stream of consciousness. I want to be able to feel that in the writing. That feels like a voice thing. And some of the thoughts back and forth were, well, that's less commercial. People get hung up. All those things are true. But I think that when I write on my own, um, I don't self-censor those things. Censor is the wrong word. I don't, I don't change those things on the back end. And I think that you do, Sean, sometimes you're like, well, I, I break up some sentences. I reserve, I remove two, you know, two thirds of the semicolons or whatever. And I don't do that because I'm me. And you know how they say a third person objective standpoint because they can see past your, but it's like, I don't see past my own blind spots, but I actually kind of like that for a limited amount of work. I wouldn't want all my stuff to be that way. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. But to be able to be it's like, you know work. what? Maybe it does slow people down, but I want that voice to exist out in the world for just like 5% of my stuff. That's cool. That's enough. Yeah, no, I, I do totally get that. I also get the the idea that um, because I've had this also where I've had um, pure writing days devoted um, 
and I need to get my word count in, but it's outlining, which means most of my time is spent staring (laughs) or walking or thinking or on a call with somebody, right? And that's that's hard because you want to feel good about it. You want quantitative and then you knock the brainstorming because it doesn't produce something quantitative. Yeah, so I, I've just navigated around that by always having like, um, okay, well, I'm I'm moving this to B, and on, on this, uh, you know, like I do count outlining words, um, so they're always shorter words because it takes way longer to write ten thousand words with outline than it does to write, you know, ten thousand words with a story. But you know, I'm I'm content with that. Um, so yeah, part of that one point three four million is outlines. Um, there's quite a few outlines in there. Um, okay, I, the, uh, so the thing I would like to um, acknowledge for Johnny that I've really seen Johnny in, in the last year is, and not to sound all woo-woo on this at all, because I know comes. already, yeah, I already know it's going to come out of my mouth, it's going to sound a little woo-woo, but I've seen, Johnny's always worked on himself, always, like, you know, I'm going to, um, he's, just two days ago, he's like, yeah, I just decided I'm going to run the Austin Marathon, <laughs> right? Because it's it's something to do. He's always put a lot of attention into what he can accomplish physically. But in the last year, I've seen him put a lot more attention into developing his emotional self. And, um, and it's been really rewarding to watch because I think it's just, um, like, I don't even know how to, how to, express it really without telling a lot of long-winded stories and we're getting close to the end, but, but it has been like, I've really all of a lot of the best work that we've done in the company is kind of emotional work. And especially like, I mean, Dave, it's all emotional work. He got through some real shit and left that baggage behind and worked on himself so that he could become a better creator and a better provider for his family and all of that. And he had a, you know, a different set of things to work on, but because I think Johnny comes from, a place of um, accomplishment, right? It's it's easy. It's easier to not think there are things to work on, and we all have things to work on. And I think Johnny's been a little more internal this last year. Well, I mean, I think that the thing about accomplishment is that um, it's almost like like I would think that I was driven by accomplishment, and I think that that's true in in a lot of ways, but. In order to accomplish, let's see if I can avoid getting too philosophical here. In order to accomplish <laughs> something, there's usually something that is being defeated. There's a comparison. You can't accomplish without there being a comparison, right? Because you need to be able to compare. If I accomplish something, that means I did I, what I did was better than some goal, right? There was there was a goal, and I did better than it. Therefore, well, I accomplished. Do you think it. it's a little bit like um, like physical work is more like words counted? where emotional work is more like brainstorming, like it's harder to see those results. Um, well, I mean, I think that that's, that's kind of where I'm going with this is the, the tendency to compare is something that I do naturally. And I think that there's nothing bad about that as long as you're aware of it. There's also nothing good about it unless you're, you know, as long as you're aware of it. Um, but I think that there's an objective truth of, I am accomplishing, I am doing something, I'm doing something through my day, and then there's the judgment about it, i.e., that is worthy, that is not worthy, that is um, that is acceptable for a day's work, that is, uh, I, I slacked off and I, there's a lack of performance there. And so today, I'm behind right now. Like, as far as I'm what, I'm, what I'm trying to achieve on word count, I'm behind. And I knew I was behind coming into today, and I knew I couldn't write yesterday because I was just beat to hell from travel. So I came into today with expectations of, 
I want to do a double shift. I really want to put a lot of words on the paper. So when it was that hard to get those first thousand, and then I said, I'm going to stop and go running, that was like, okay, it would have been really easy to be like, well, I, I failed. I didn't accomplish that. And so what I'm trying to do, and I think it does, it, it does overlap with some of the stuff that you were talking about earlier, although I can't remember what, but there's like this sense of, uh, forgiveness and embracing things that aren't as quantitative. So I had been giving quantitative things precedence over qualitative things like solving a problem. So I did get another, I don't know, another thousand words. So 2000 instead of like five, six, eight that I would have liked to have gotten today. But then I also cracked the problem and understanding that that is, that that is part of the process when I work on my own, I need to factor it in. Like it's, it's unfair to look at word counts and only word counts when I'm working by myself. I guess, I don't know if that answers the question. No, I I understand that. But I'm trying to avoid, I'm trying to diminish my natural tendency to compare one thing to another and to judge something as this is good, this is bad, you know? And that's, that's kind of, and that is a personal work thing. And I think that that's what I'm trying to get at here is it's, it's more than just writing. It's trying to change my philosophy and way of looking at the world at the same time. Well, okay, it's not just, uh, from what I've seen, I, I, it doesn't seem like it's just your outward looking at the world. I think you're paying more attention to how the world might look at you and and care a little more about that. Because before, like, you're, you're very confident in who you are and, like, that's the way I want to do things and that's good for me. But I th- think you're observing a little more. You're, you're warming a little more. I, I think they're two sides of the same coin. I, th- I, think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, that getting out of my head in that particular way is just another facet of saying how, where is my place in the world rather than just everything myopically like through these eyes and that sort of thing. I don't know if that makes sense either, but that's kind of how it feels. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess that's definitely growth. Like it feels like growth, but as far as like we were talking about change and and how our processes evolved. And I, I think that that's for any writer, being aware of yourself, being aware of the others that you might be working with is a good way to not get stagnant and not, and to always get better at it, what it is you do. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Dave, have you noticed anything? I mean, outside of yourself, I mean, we, we kind of talk for you, <laughs> like what has been your big, your big breakthroughs and things that you've noticed about yourself, where do you want to see yourself a year from now? And have you noticed anything from, you know, from the company or us, I guess? Well, I noticed that the company's gotten more focused on the things I want to focus on. And I, I like that a lot. Um, I, I feel like we're all on the same page uh, for the first time in a while. And as far as myself, I just want to to get a little more out of my own head and to, 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 to focus more and to get more things done. Uh, done not only in my writing but i want to you know do some art stuff and things to make me feel more like i'm thinking of things like legacy and things that i kind of ignored for a long time and things i haven't done that i want to do with whatever time is left and i know that sounds morbid as fuck but hey it's me <laughs> so it's uh, still it's still huge growth yeah so yeah that that's where i'm at right now so i'm i'm just i'm do you feel like you are in your head less than you used to be sometimes but you know it it's i, I think the difference is 
now when I have a difficult week, like this week was really difficult with anxiety and it was like out of fucking nowhere and it hit me. And I, um, I don't take Xanax a lot, but I like to know that it's there if I need it. And this week I could not find my bottle of Xanax. And one of, one of my, uh, my big stressors is not being able to find something. I hate when I hate when I can't find something, but I hate even more when other people can't find stuff. So it like made me super anxious and, like it was really this week was really difficult, but I still like did the shit that I have to do. Whereas, you, did, you have not dropped a ball. You're 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 reporting every morning, and it's awesome. Right. So that that's the difference. Before I would get so chaotic in my head, and I would just I would either do shit and hate it, or I would just shut down. And now I'm working despite it, knowing that, you know, things will be okay, hopefully. Well, dude, if this makes you feel any better, like seriously, uh, uh, 1.3, whatever last year. Right. And, um, and you're telling me like, you've never been happier with what I'm delivering. I, I know that Bonnie's been happy with every draft I've given her and still like, not all the time, but there's, there are definite times where I'm like, this is all terrible. I hate this. Um, Dave's going to rip me apart. You know, Bonnie's going to have to spend forever fixing this. You know, like it's so easy for creators to get in their head and just knowing that that's just part of the process and you can kind of go through it. I mean, not for everybody, like maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think that, that Johnny, no, even Johnny, Johnny's a really confident writer. And there's been times where you're like, yeah, I don't know if this works at all. <laughs> oh, no, I do that a lot. That's actually one of my points about what I'm doing right now is I don't, I think with my own. No safety net? Yeah, well, I think that with my own solo stuff where it's literally, because uh, what I'm talking about is it goes from me to me to proofreading. So it's, there's there's no, Sean isn't reading these drafts. Dave would never read the drafts because he gets to the wedding scene, but that's the material. <laughs> so it's, um, Wait, what was the actual question? I forgot the actual question. Like I'm, oh, just accepting that it's it's part of the process is, there's a thread there that I missed, but whatever. Oh, there you go. That was super. I lucky. know it was really good. Well, I forgot what I was responding to you. I think you Deeply asked me, you asked me a question and I was responding to it. And, uh, um, anyway, so I guess that's about it. Any, any final thoughts on, 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 on growth or where we're going? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I think it's worth saying where we'd all like to be in a year and in a, in a year, I would like to be even more focused than I am now. Um, I, I, I think my focus in the last 12 months is the best 12 months I've ever had. Um, and I think it will only continue to be more that way. Um, and I would like to, if I can hit my goals for the next 18 months of writing, then I will by the end of next year, um, by the end of 2020, I'll be a full year ahead on writing and publishing. And that's, that's a, a worthy goal for me. I really want to accomplish that because it means that whatever opportunities come to us um, in Hollywood, like we could take our time and make some really good decisions without having to worry about maintaining the, the publishing ship. Like that'll be in really good hands and we'll be ahead and the systems will be there. And I think that if I hadn't had the last year of consistency, I couldn't expect that that's even a, you know, reasonable goal, which, you know, I might not hit it, but I'll come close. I remember the end of my thought because I don't want to leave that hanging and sound like an idiot. But the, I think that I am less confident when I am writing by myself because, 
and this is I was talking about the process differences, is usually when I know that I've got a safety net in, in the form of an outline or somebody who's going to read it after me, then it changes my confidence level. I'm like, okay, I'm sure about this. Whereas I think that with everything I've written by myself, past and current, um, there's a lot more of, well, I don't know if that works. Maybe this is meandering. I mean, honestly, like I kind of wrote a meta chapter today that if you read it in a certain light, it's kind of like, okay, so all that stuff that just happened has kind of been all over the place. What's the real story? Like you can, al- you can almost see my thought process. And so understand, and, we, and I'll make it work. I'll make it work. Like I have confidence in the big picture, but I think that, I think much more than with my stuff with you, the um, it's the writing is rewriting thing. Like I think that I think that the the final draft births the actual like true story much more. Like it's a bigger contrast between first oh, and second okay. draft. Totally, see but that, in little yeah. ways. Like not, I'm not cutting a lot of words. I'm not adding a lot no, of words. They're but, tweaks. But yeah, no, I get that because the second time through the story, like I always go through the story twice before Dave sees it. Um, so if I write a rough draft. And then the, through the second time, I'm like, oh, well, I know this thing that happened at the end. So now I can make it kind of agree. And it's just a few little tweaks along the way can really round that it, It's always thematic. So we had that book where um, the secrets that you keep are, will define you. And so when I was going back through that, then it was like, oh, I see. I need to be highlighting a secret. And it just might be a few words that were that were mentioned or or somebody that, that I had a chance, I had a way to just put a little finer point on the idea this person is being defined by that thing we haven't learned yet and but the reader knows exists so the the adjustments are very very small but at the same time they're um they're the polish they're that extra 10 percent that ends up making a big difference yeah i totally agree all right so in in closing do you think there's a what are the things that that you notice what's the big thing either from either one of us or the company as a whole that you've kind of seen in the last year uh, that's a pretty big question. I've seen a lot of things. What do you, what do you mean? Help me narrow that down a little bit. Well, we're, we're talking about change. We're talking about growth. So what are the, what are the changes? What are the growth in, in the company or in either one of us that have kind of I, I, either been the most dramatic or have impacted you the most or give you the most hope for what we're building? I guess if it's in regards to the company. I mean, I suppose it's the, the collaborative nature of our, of our meetings and getting together. There's a, a project that we actually just kind of birthed. Um, we're going to get the collective hive mind together and brainstorm ideas for that. And that's nothing that, um, most of the people who are in that meeting will never touch the project. And, but that's, that's fine. That's more of like a crowdsourced intelligence. Um, I think that we're still learning what the, the whole means for, for everybody working together, but there is this, um, it is a hive mind thing. We joke about it and call it the hive mind sometimes, but there is that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how it evolves because right now it's very much, um, we believe this works. We're doing the best we can, but I'll bet that, you know, next year or five years down the road, it's just totally evolved and it looks maybe a little different or refined from what it is now. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. All right. So unless Dave has any final thoughts, wants to yell any final things, then, then I, I guess we're good. Uh, How about that guy at Publix? Do you have anything to say about or to him, Dave? Not on this show. <laughs> I, 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 you're really resisting the combining of philosophies of both shows. We don't need to literally yes. combine the shows. Yeah, why don't you just Why don't you just close with a little story that starts? Once upon a time, I was at Publix. No, <laughs> he's really wow. resisting the merging. We wanted to bring oh, you yeah. more, more Dave. We'll we'll get it out of him. We'll tease it out of him. Pretty soon, if we All go right. enough time, it's like Memento, 
after enough months, he'll forget that there was an old show, and we can just. Oh, kind of, that's a that's a good know. strategy. It'll be I like that scene where every day. Be like that thing where Carrie Ann Moss is like, she's like, she's like, I'm gonna fuck with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something right now, and you're gonna forget it. And then he runs out of the car. He's trying to write things down. That's the best scene. Ever. I write. I there is a worst show ever on my skin every day. My whole body's covered in it. We'll do, you write it do you write it or cut it? Be honest. It depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that answer. All right. So thanks for all for listening to the Story Studio podcast. We will see you next time. Bye bye. Adios.